the statements being made by confidential human sources um, in conversation with other people um, should be released to the public. I mean, that's a really dangerous, risky thing. When you ask them about confidential human sources, this is like the crown jewel of their intelligence gathering capabilities. Mm. And this is something that is so closely guarded and so sacred. The FBI doesn't want to give up this kind of very sensitive internal document because it includes identity of a confidential human source. Democrats and the fake news agree. Confidential human sources must be kept confidential. Ah, the FBI doesn't care about that anymore. They did until one of their confidential human sources came out with information against Joe Biden. They indicted the guy. Look at him on a perp walk. Alexander Smirnov. You had something bad to say about the Bidens? We arrested the guy. They arrested the guy. I can't believe it. All their concerns about confidential human sources and how important they are. They outed this guy. They paid him money. They worked with him for decades. He said something they didn't like about the Bidens. They busted him. False information. He gave us false information. First of all, confidential human source, CHS. It is, we were told, a very big deal, a big deal. You can't talk about this stuff. Remember last summer, Republicans, hey, we heard about this uh, Form 1023 where a confidential human source we didn't care about the guy's name. We just wanted to hear what he had to say about a $5 million bribe for Hunter, a $5 million bribe for Joe Biden. That's kind of newsworthy, don't you think? Well, let's now talk about what Chuck Grassley, the senator from Iowa, did just a few minutes ago. He released a redacted FBI informant document related to Hunter Biden's business dealings that some Republicans claim could implicate President Biden. This is a document that we've really been waiting to see for a while here now. The long fabled 1023 form that Grassley has long pointed to as a potential smoking gun implicating then Vice President Joe Biden in the dealings with Burisma and his son Hunter. <laughs> Implicate? Potentially? It sure did. $5 million for Hunter, $5 million for Joe, and it made sense. It really did. You remember this last summer? We reported on the confidential human source in the Form 1023. Here were two highlights. It gets a little bit technical, but it's important. The confidential human source asked this guy, Zlochevsky, a big shot in Ukraine, whether he was concerned about Burisma's involvement with the Bidens. Zlochevsky stated he didn't want to pay the Bidens and he was pushed to pay them. Wow, dynamite stuff. Next, please. The confidential human source then stated, I hope you have some backup proof for your words, namely that Zlochevsky was forced to pay the Bidens. Zlochevsky replied he has many text messages and recordings that show he was coerced to make such payments. Well, this is dynamite stuff, right? And the House Oversight Committee has this. They've got other information. The FBI, they were furious about the whole thing. And I have to emphasize this again. They were so opposed to this letter becoming public because of the confidential human source. Actually, before we saw this form and the, the reports, the top lawyer at the uh, FBI sends a letter to Comer 
saying we can't do this to our confidential human sources. Let's go through that letter, please. I got it right here. And uh, it's like, you're going to put this guy at risk. Confidential human sources often provide information to the FBI at great risk to themselves and their loved ones. Okay. Protecting the identities and information provided by confidential human sources from unnecessary disclosure or undue influence is therefore critical, not only because of safety concerns, but also to avoid chilling their candor or willingness to continue reporting to the FBI. And they go on like this. They talk about these guys, you know, some of them are from terrorist organizations, right? Some of them, you know, they're sketchy characters and they, they deal with the underworld. And the underworld, they don't play by, you know, Marcus of Queensbury rules. They kill each other. So you got to keep these guys quiet. I guess they just threw that all away. <laughs> this letter is worthless because they indicted Smirnov, right? Let me see that again. He does the perp walk, right, with the jacket over his head, walking out of the uh, U.S. attorney's office, busted, totally busted. This is wrong. Now, why was he busted? What did this guy do that was so wrong? Well, I've been through the indictments, and it looks like he did nothing wrong to me. But the FBI is trying to get him in what looks to me like the old perjury trap. If you get him something on something technical, for instance, he said a meeting took place in 2015, maybe 2016. The FBI determined it happened in 2017. I don't remember. I mean... 2015, 2016, 2018, it all blends together for most normal people, but not at the FBI. Let's go through this indictment of their previously highly valued confidential human source, who they want in jail right now. The judge is seeing through this and let the guy go. The defendant provided false derogatory information to the FBI about a public official, one, an elected official in the Obama-Biden administration who left office in January 2017. By the way, if you're wondering who public official one is, it's Joe Biden. And business person one is Hunter. Business person one, the son of public official one in 2020, after public official one became a candidate for president of the United States. All right, we've got to keep going here. Next. In June of 2020, the defendant reported for the first time two meetings in 2015 or 2016 during the Obama-Biden administration in which he claimed executives associated with Burisma, including Burisma official number one, yes, admitted to him that they hired business person one, Hunter, to protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems. By the way, doesn't that just kind of ring true? <laughs> it's kind of logical. Why else would they have Hunter hired Hunter? This is somehow controversial. They had to hire a guy to give him this information. <laughs> anyway, keep going, please. And later, that they had specifically paid $5 million each to public official one and business person one when public official was still in office. So that business person one will take care of all those issues through his dad. How about that? This is important, right? But now they come up with, this is fraudulent. This is not true. Why is it not true? Take a look. All the contacts that the defendant had with Burisma occurred no earlier than spring 2017, after the end of the Obama-Biden administration. Notably, the defendant was only introduced to Burisma official via email on or about April 17th of 2017. They're quibbling about the dates. They're quibbling about the dates. Next, please. Therefore, the defendants claim that he had met with Burisma Official 2 in late 2015 or 2016 during the Obama-Biden administration 
was false. <laughs> because if the defendant had met with barista number two, then blah, 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 blah. All right. And then they buy this. That if Joe Biden is no longer vice president in 2017, then he's of no use. No use to anybody. A former vice president of the United States. Next, please. No such statements were made to the defendant because, in truth and fact, defendant met with officials from Burisma for the first time in 2017, after public official left office in January of 2017, and after the then Ukrainian prosecutor general had been fired in February of 2016. The FBI is buying the whole notion that since Joe Biden is no longer vice president, he's of no use to, uh, to Burisma. He's of less use, but he's still of use. In fact, Joe made a point to go to Ukraine, to meet with the Ukraine president, it might have been in Geneva, about four days before he left the vice presidency. And he made it quite clear he was going to be staying in touch with important people in Ukraine. Mr. President, I may have to call you once every couple of weeks just to hear your voice. Uh, it's been going on a long time. See that? January 16, 2017, four more days left as vice president. That man is going to stay involved in Ukraine. Now, anybody remember the phone call? We played it on this show many times, the phone call between Joe Biden and Poroshenko, where he finds out that the prosecutor who's investigating Burisma is fired because Joe asked for it. Listen. Yesterday, I met me with the general prosecutor, Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. Now, folks here have had that independently verified, but it ne had never been acknowledged by the FBI until they indicted this guy uh, Smirnov. Take a look. Back to the indictment. They acknowledge that this thing is authentic. On that day, May 19th, 2020, it was publicly reported that a Ukrainian lawmaker who met with uh, an unnamed official late last year released recordings of private phone calls several years ago between public official one and then Ukraine's president. You just heard the phone call. The FBI is validating that phone call. But the FBI, more importantly, is up to their old tricks, trying to sway this election, trying to give Democrats the advantage and undermine Donald Trump. It is wild. It is happening. They are barely hiding it, and we're not going to take it. I'll be right back with more. At least way back in the day, uh, the FBI was trying to kind of hide it, right? Discreet text messages between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. Trump's never going to become president, right? No, no, he won't. We'll stop it. Never occurred to me. Not my, I, I never would have occurred to me that the FBI was messing around, but they were big time on the campaign, on the administration. Remember the spying? <laughs> uh, the, Donald Trump was not wrong about that. The FBI was spying on Donald Trump's campaign. Uh, might not have had a truck in front of the building, but you get the point, right? How about the Steele dossier? They bought that thing. They were paying that guy. They knew it was trash, but they 
use it as a predicate for this investigation, that investigation, leaking it to the media? How did they get away with this stuff? They did, and that's why they're trying it again. The antics of Jim Comey? Comey? Remember, even Democrats were mad at this guy for a while. Donald Trump had the nerve to fire him, and they investigate Donald Trump for firing him. Must have something to do with the Russians. Mueller shows up, wastes everybody's time for two years, tens of millions of dollars uh, spent, and it's bogus, right? Ah, but then we're going to have a real investigation into him and how all this nonsense started and all the corruption and all the malfeasance at the FBI. And a guy named Durham shows up, John Durham, and takes his time and comes out with the weakest, lamest. I actually bought it from Amazon. This thing stinks, all right? And Gates gave it to Durham hard. This whole thing was an op, Mr. Durham. This wasn't like a bumbling, fumbling FBI that like couldn't get FISA straight. They ran an op. So who put Mifsud in play? You don't know, do you? I do not know that. I can't give you the For answer. years, you had years to find out the answer to what Mr. Jordan said was the seminal question, and you don't have it. And it just, it just begs the question whether or not you were really trying to find that out. Spot on, Matt Gates, as usual. They dragged their feet. And I think they covered up for the Bureau, right? The Bureau, the Bureau. Somehow the Bureau is more important than the Constitution. The laptop in 2020, we'll move on from 2016 to 2020. The laptop hits the street. Hottest thing in the world, right? Should be. No, the FBI seeks out one of the richest, most powerful guys in the world, Zuckerberg, who doesn't like us anyway. It gives him the message, and Zuckerberg says, aye, aye, laptop must be fake news. There was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York Post. Yeah, we have that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? Basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, some some folks on our team, and was like, hey— um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. <laughs> Mark got the message right. I don't want to be yelled at by Democrats on Capitol Hill. We'll silence the thing. We'll shadow ban it. Um, the FBI, with, in that case, at least showed up privately. Here's uh, Elvis Chan is his name. Boy, oh boy, what a happy guy. Special Agent Elvis Chan openly boasting about stuff that the FBI has absolutely no business doing. I think that we are moving along well and steadily improving, right? So we have Super Tuesday coming up next week, and then we have the elections in November. So I would like to report that the FBI and the U.S. government as a whole is all moving together in lockstep, getting ready for the big day. What the hell for? The FBI Super Tuesday in 2020? Stay the hell out of it. This is insane, and he's doing it openly, and they're doing it again. One more from this guy. 
Describe how the FBI has really marshaled forces since 2016 in preparation for where we are now. So there are a lot of different things we're doing, but I'll, I'll, I'll limit it to a couple of things. So I think one of the things that was really important to us that we didn't have ahead of 2016 was established channels of communication with private sector companies, specifically social media companies. So we've done a much better job since 2016 of really establishing channels of communication, being able to share threat indicators with them so that they can protect their platform. Channels of the communication with, uh, with, main, with, with big tech, they weren't able to find them before? What is really going on? They are in cahoots. They are colluding to keep damaging information about Joe Biden off the internet. Wild, wild. Now, somebody at the FBI realized they're saying the quiet part out loud. Then they push this guy out, all right, this drone-like character to say what the FBI is supposed to be doing, right? This is traditional FBI stuff. But he almost delivers the message a little bit uh, too seriously. The FBI is charged with protecting the rights of all Americans, including their right to vote. While the responsibility to ensure a fair election process lies primarily at the state and local level, the FBI takes allegations of election-related violations of federal law seriously. The FBI investigates federal election crimes that generally fall into three categories, campaign finance crimes, voter ballot fraud, and civil rights violations. The FBI Washington Field Office works with our state and federal partners to engage with other law enforcement partners and provide resources about the FBI's role in elections. All right, I can live with all that stuff. That has nothing to do with big tech and the laptop. The laptop? What? All right, you see what's happening here, right? These guys cannot be trusted whatsoever. And then, all right, so what have we gone through? We've gone through 2016, 2020, 2024, and now I got to go back to 2021, January 6th. What was the FBI really doing on January 6th? The director knows, but he won't tell us. Confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be I a can... no. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, confidential human gentlemen's sources. time has expired. Busted, and he's mad about it. It never occurred to me until that moment that the FBI had confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol waiting for people. How about securing the place? How about calling for, I don't know, more cops? How about calling for more security rather than bicycle racks in front of the Capitol? Now, back to the indictment of uh, Mr. Smirnoff. It wraps up. It wraps up this way. And the false information he provided was not trivial. It targeted the presumptive nominee of one of the two major political parties in the United States. Uh, next, please. The effects of Smirnov's false statements and fabricated information continue to be felt to this day. You can feel like this kind of allegiance to one side, right? It's like a loyalty to the Bureau, to the deep state, to Democrats. I want to kind of wrap up uh, this portion with 60 Minutes. Who still watches 60 Minutes? I watch it occasionally. 
They put this guy on the other night. He's a Republican. But the only way you can get on CBS 60 Minutes is if you're an anti-Trump Republican. And I think he might be an anti-Constitution Republican. Take a look. The former president is known to watch 60 Minutes. If he's watching, what would you want to say to him? I would say that this country needs to move forward. That we need a leader who is tackles serious problems and serious issues that this country faces. And we need faith in our institutions again. And the next president of the United States needs to do that. And in your opinion, that's not him? It is not him. Correct. He called for faith in our institutions. There must be faith in our institutions. Well, our institutions are failing us. And these institutions can't be found in the Constitution. These institutions are run by men and women, and they are, many of them, corrupt. Men and women are corruptible. Our Constitution actually is not. So, faith in our institutions? What about the FBI? Everything we know now. Are we still going to call it the FBI? The Federal Bureau of Investigation? We came up with a few new ones. No, that doesn't work anymore. Are you ready? The FBI, what does it stand for these days? Yeah, Friends of Biden Incorporated. I like that one very much. Let's see, fraudulent biased inquiries. That's pretty good too. Uh, forever blowing it. <laughs> yep, that's them. Uh, facetious, bloated, incompetence. Oh, wow, that's really, all right. A couple of more, please. Forgetting basic instructions. <laughs> like the Constitution, fanatically bothering the innocent. Yeah, January 6th people, anybody? And fighting Biden's indictments. I think we got one more. Do we have one more? Famous but incompetent. That's the new one. Institutions fail. Institutions fail all the time. Our Constitution, though, I believe in it, and I believe in America. This is not right what's happening, and we all know it. I'm surprised at how blatant they're being. This is blatant and wrong. We have to be vigilant. I'll be right back. It's true, I am an America first, liberty loving Latino. That's why I know this country is worth fighting for. That's why the Chris Salcedo Show will always tell you the truth. The Chris Salcedo Show, for the news you need to know. Well, it seems to me that once again, the FBI is, well, acting corruptly to influence an election. We know they tried to stop Trump in 2016 and in 2020, and now it looks like they're trying to help Biden by indicting this confidential human source. Just a little while ago, they were saying how precious these guys are, how valuable, uh, but no, no, uh, in the indictment, the false information he provided, the confidential human source, was not trivial. It targeted the presumptive nominee of one of the two major political parties in the United States. The effects of Smirnoff's false statements and fabricated information continue to be felt to this day. Got to tell you, when I first heard this, I kind of dismissed it. I sat down and read the thing. And Eric Eggers from the Government Accountability Institute and co-host of that great podcast, The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer, I am appalled that the FBI has not corrected its ways, has not reformed. Eric, what do you make of all this, please? Yeah, you're probably appalled, but not surprised, right? I mean, this is, as you noted, not the first time 
that the FBI or other mechanisms of the Department of Justice have tried to put their thumb on the scale to influence the American election. I think my first reaction is while Alexander Smirnov may have been arrested and indicted for allegedly working with Russian intelligence, uh, Christopher Steele remains free, right? The guy that behind the Steele dossier, which we now know was in fact false information that was provided to the FBI about Trump being an asset of Russian intelligence. So it's the same playbook. I mean, these people are as about as creative as the Biden business model. We've seen the fact that now James Biden is there saying, I'm next to my brother and we'd like to do this deal, the same thing that Hunter Biden does. So unfortunately, it's all too predictable, but no less appalling. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of am surprised, though. I thought they would have cleaned up their act. Their reputation is taking a huge hit. But then I thought about it some more. Their reputation has taken a hit, but nothing really bad has happened to them. Ray is still in charge. Comey is out there making millions of dollars. They're making movies about Comey. Um, the Durham report didn't lay a glove on anybody. So there really hasn't been any substantive reform, even though these guys have totally and completely ruined the organization that was once great. Not only has nothing happened to them, they've gotten away with, I would argue, far greater offenses. I mean, look no further than what happened in the election of 2020, when once again, this FBI shows up and says information that might be damning to Joe Biden, AKA information contained on Hunter Biden's laptop, is not to be allowed to be shared on the internet. Like, that's a thing that happened. And we're all like, well, we thought it was Russian information. No, it was corruption. It was influence peddling. It was election thievery. And so the FBI has gotten away with this before. So I don't think you can blame them for thinking they can get away with something as egregious or if not approaching. And the thing is, Greg, it's only February. Who knows what they'll have up their sleeve as the year goes on. But if past is prologue, I think we should buckle up because I think the offenses on behalf of the Biden DOJ will continue to mount. You know, it's almost like... Uh yeah, they're not creative. Um, and there's a certain naivete. If I am to accept them at their word here, they're like, well, there's no way that Joe Biden was bribable because it was 2017 and he wasn't vice president anymore. Why would anybody give him money? And that's that's what they're that's what they're saying here. And that therefore, that's another reason to not believe their confidential human source. Well, that remember what it, this guy said. Right. He, this guy was saying that he had he had heard from the head of Burisma, that the head of Burisma was ordered to pay the Bidens millions of dollars. So whether or not that information is true, we do know that bribery occurred with Burisma, right? I mean, Hunter Biden was paid a million dollars to, in effect, fire this prosecutor, get this prosecutor fired. His father, Joe Biden, brags about the fact that that exact action occurred at his direction. So that would be considered by many the textbook definition of bribery. Oh, by the way, it's not like they need this guy's information to suggest there's other examples of money coming in. Uh, just recently saw the political article about James Biden, who was forced to testify today about his influence peddling schemes, the money he's raking in from healthcare companies and other Chinese sources. So if this guy wasn't necessarily at the center of a bribery scheme, it's not like the allegations of bribery go away as it relates to the Biden family. Hey, one little thing. They actually inadvertently, I think, confirm the validity of that phone call between Joe Biden and Poroshenko, where he's kind of pleading with him to uh, get rid of the prosecutor and expresses relief that he uh, has made good on his promise. Poroshenko has made good on his promise. They verify that that thing is legitimate. You know, there are some people who have denied that. Can we talk about James Biden for a moment? Um, yeah, I saw his denials. You know, his brother never took any official action. That was interesting. No official action. We'll know more about what he said. Did you notice how he was dressed? He looked like a gangster. He looked a little bit, you know, too fancy, I thought. 
uh, with a shawl over. Anyway, did, did, did you notice that? <laughs> Well, you know, you have a finer, you know, fashion eye than I do, Greg. So I, you know, I don't, I don't feel entitled or empowered to judge the fashion choices of other people. But he did look. I mean, the Bidens are sending a message because they're willing to show up to Congress. And I would say the Bidens probably feel the same way the FBI feels: untouchable. They got away with it, and they'll continue to get away with it because no one holds them accountable. They're testifying to House Republicans, but I think people would say that anything that the wheels of justice will bring will be something akin to the charges that Hunter Biden faced, which were minimal or a slap on the wrist, if at all. So I think that James Biden is very proud of the fact. He's like, yeah, look, look at me. I made money off of health care, and I invoked my brother, just like uh, Hunter did. I mean, the political article talks about the fact that James and Hunter were both trying to get money from, with this AmeriCorps CEO, with Chinese gangsters. So it wouldn't shock me if he's wearing clothes like that, because that's literally who the Bidens do business with. It's wild. The, the hubris of the FBI, quite frankly, is really starting to kind of alarm me, that they are being this clumsy, this overt, and the DOJ, by the way. Um, anyway, Eric, these are wild times. Eric Eggers, you got to check out the uh, Drill Down podcast with Peter Schweitzer. And thank you for all the work you do at the Government Accountability Institute. It's our pleasure where we bear no physical resemblance to any other members of the Biden family. <laughs> Depends what night we're talking about, but this guy looks a lot like Hunter sometimes. A better, cleaner version. Thank you, Eric. We'll be right back. You know, everybody's reporting the same stories, the same spin. You turn the channel, it's always the same. But not us. We're different. We report the real news. No spin, just the facts. Turn to us and you won't turn back. Tune in to Rob Schmidt tonight on Newsmax. So RFK Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr., running for president. First he did it as a Democrat, then as an independent. Look, I disagree with him about a lot of things, but I really liked him on some things, like the vaccine, his skepticism of the swamp. This guy brought a lot to the table. I was totally impressed. And now there is a new movie about him, and I hear it's complimentary, all right? It's called The Real RFK Jr., The Real RFK Jr. It is a documentary that you can watch for free online if you go to the RFKmovie.com. We're joined now by Jeff Hayes. He's one of the producers, the producer of The Real JFK Jr. Uh, welcome to the show. Congratulations on, uh, on the new movie. Thank you. It's a beautiful film. I'm really proud of it. Well, we've got some clips all ready to go, and uh, often a trailer gives you a sense if the movie is, is a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So we're going to take a look at it right now. Thank you. We're off to a great start. It looks great. It looks slick. That thing it said at the top, uh, what if everything you heard about RFK is a lie? We have heard a lot of lies about him, huh? You know, the mainstream media has painted him, mischaracterized him, um, 
you know, this film, I think, might be the most important political film of this election cycle. And it doesn't talk about politics. It never mentions President Trump. It never mentions Biden. It is literally the biography of a man. And I want people to be able to decide for themselves who he is, regardless of who they vote for. They should not be draw their picture, this man from the New York Times and and, and CNN and mainstream media. It, I've never seen anybody mischaracterized more than this man. And his relatives, too. Oh, by the way, some of his elite relatives uh, and some of the stuff they said. We're going to take a look at another at, at a clip now. All right. That's a little bit different from the trailer. Uh, let's go with uh, D02, please. The House was always filled with people, and a lot of them were very well-known people, Supreme Court justices, members of Congress, leaders in the Senate, people who were in the cabinet, civil rights leaders. You know, I might come down to breakfast, and Andy Williams would be there, the singer, and Tommy Smothers, you know, the Smothers Brothers. A lot of the key decisions during the civil rights crises and during the Bay of Pigs crisis, we watched the decision-making going on in our home. And all of those discussions, or many of them, were taking place in the den. And we could sit behind the couches and listen to them talk about it. Wow. So he obviously cooperated with you and you've got great archival footage, it looks like. We, we collected a lot for this. I did. He wrote a book, The Real Anthony Fauci, several years ago, and I did the film of that book. And so I got to know him well during that period. Um, and then when the real RFK Jr. book came out from Dick Russell, I knew this had to be a film. All right. Now, um, he became such an expert on things. You know what I mean? He, Look, rich kid, uh, powerful family. This guy could have gone surfing for the rest of his life. He didn't do that, and I, I really respect that. Let's take a look at another clip, please. I've been training hawks ever since, and I breed hawks, and I'm very active in it. I was the president of the New York State Falconer Association. I wrote the test, the exam that people take to become a falconer. I wrote the manual that used to pass that exam, and I just had hawks my whole life. My dad loves dogs. At one point, there was a puppy situation, and I think we had like 20. We had a deer, we had two emus, peacocks, chickens, the snapping turtle, the crocodiles. They weren't that nice, but they were fun. All right. I didn't know about any of that stuff. Uh, very interesting. Hey, what about, I mean, look, he's had his struggles, right? He's had issues. Uh, everybody has issues, you know, uh, divorce and, uh, and maybe some addiction, certainly in the family. Do you go there? Oh, yeah. Bobby, after his father died and he was 14, he became a drug addict and he was a drug addict, a heroin addict for 14 years. He went through Harvard and the University of Virginia Law School, was a very functional um, drug addict until finally he overdosed on a flight to, to South Dakota and the secret was out. And he now has 42 years of sobriety. And to me, this is one of the things I love about him the most, he has the, the season for somebody who's been in the 12-step program for 40-plus years. These are seasoned, humble people generally, and he embodies that. You know, I'll be honest, for a while there, I found his voice rather distracting. And I'm like, what, what, what's going on with this? And uh, 
I'm glad he campaigned. It, it took about, a, I don't know, 15 minutes when he started talking about ideas that really meant something to me. You, you, you ignore all of that or you don't even hear it anymore. It's not a problem. What is, however, the issue with his voice? Yeah, he's got spasmodic dysphonia. It's I know I'm friends with one of his sisters, and I noticed that it's happening with her as well. Their vocal cords are stuck together. He actually went to Japan a couple of years ago, and they placed a titanium rod to separate them, and so his voice is much better. It was it was much worse several years ago, uh, and it's the bane of his existence. He told me he feels sorry for people that have to listen to him. I think it's a superpower. A superpower. Um, how? Well, you, you end up leaning in. And, huh. you know, like when I'm on the phone with him, I have to really pay attention. And, and that quote came from actually Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, Twitter, who said, hey, this is not a handicap. This is this is Bobby Kennedy's superpower. And he might be right. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to it. The RFK movie dot com. The RFK, the um, the title of the film though is the real rfk jr and you can see it at the rfkmovie.com the rfkmovie.com uh jeff hayes congratulations and many thanks thank you thank you for having me you bet be right back nikki what a piece of work she wants it too bad that's part of the problem here and uh well the more people see her, I think the less people like her. Anyway, did you see this? But you said he's no longer qualified to be president. If you don't know the value of our men and women in uniform, if you don't know the sacrifice that they go through, why should I, as a military spouse and all our military families, trust you to know you're going to keep them out of harm's way? Um... You know, number one, the next commander-in-chief may not be able to keep the troops out of harm's way. That's what it means to be a troop, all right? We put them in harm's way sometimes. She wants it so bad, she started to make horrible mistakes. And this attempted character assassination of Donald Trump, trying to put a wedge between the military and him? Are you kidding me? And the way she describes herself as, uh, well, take a look. The reality is he's never been anywhere near a military uniform. He's never had to sleep on the ground. He's never known how to sacrifice. And the most harm he's ever possibly had is getting hit by a golf ball when he's sitting in a golf cart. That's the truth. I've slept on the ground. It's overrated. You don't need to sleep on the ground to be president. Um, it's just a disgusting thing that she said right there. And it's insulting to, well, 99% of the country that hasn't served in the military. This is not a military dictatorship, okay? This is not Prussia, ancient Prussia, remember, right? Where you had to be, you had to be basically in uniform to be in politics. No, that's not how the system works. And you can say this out loud, not everybody in uniform is great, okay? We have been let down by generals uh, for years now about the war in Iraq, the war in Afghanistan, the lies, harm's way. Has she ever been in harm's way? I mean, what does that mean? Donald Trump has built things, by the way, right? You know, it makes it sound like his life, he's a playboy in his golf cart. No, he's built buildings. That's hard work. And we respect that, Nikki. You got to get that through your head. One more. The RNC is broke. I'm the one 
hurting in resources? I don't think so. I think I'm the one that if the Republican Party wants to be saved, I'm the one that saves the Republican Party. You know why? Because look at every general election poll. Look at any of them. Trump loses by five, by seven. On a good day, he's even. Margin of error. I defeat Biden by up to 17 points. She talks to us like we're in fourth grade and all the news we get is from our parents and our fourth grade teacher. What she is saying is wrong. Actually, she's lying. Donald Trump beats Joe Biden in numerous general election polls. When it comes to her, 17 points she beats Joe Biden by. You know what it reminds me of? Michael Dukakis. Michael Dukakis was beating George H.W. Bush by 17 points in the summer of, of 1988. How about that? Do we have one more? Do we have one more? No. All right. So what do you think, huh? Oh, I've got this, though. Joe Biden sat down with that random family for some reason and uh, talked to them. And it was awkward and weird. Take a look. Like, what inspired you to become the president of the U.S.? Well, my mom and dad thought you, you had an obligation. Not you didn't have to run for office, but you had an obligation to change things that you, that you saw that you thought was unfair. It always angered me like I've been angered you guys when you see someone being picked on. Yeah. yeah. They're not picking up what you're putting down, Joe, okay? And just say it. You want to be on Air Force One, and you don't want Hunter to be indicted, okay? We'll be right back. Thousands of people are signing up for Newsmax Plus. You got to check it out. It's worth it, okay? Uh, you get access to all things Newsmax. Newsmax 2, Newsmax, documentaries, movies, TV shows, uh, special features on Donald Trump, Mike Huckabee, John Voight, the actor. He loves us and we love him. Uh, and great programs. You got this show. You got the bowling show. You got the Greta Van Susteren show, the Rob Schmidt show. Uh, let's see, the Carl Higby show and Rob Schmidt too, okay? Uh, very proud of the lineup here. It's great. It's really great. So NewsmaxPlus.com, okay? Go there. Doesn't take long. No risk, okay? No risk uh, trial offer. So I actually have it. My wife has it. We will use the same password. It's okay. So please check it out. Thank you. And check out my girls. Uh, it's <laughs> That's Madeline. Still at that ball museum. That's the ball museum. Uh, she's two. And there's Annalise. She's four. And they are just amazing to watch. It really is a beautiful thing. My wife, by the way, is the one taking these pictures. Camera shy. Uh, thank you all. I'll see you tomorrow.